I want you to hit me as hard as you can. The first time I ever saw Jessica Biel was in a Pringles commercial, and just like the Pringles ad said, once you pop, the fun don't stop, or something. And it didn't stop for Jessica Biel. You know what? For a while, it seemed like she was in everything, just on the verge of becoming the biggest and brightest star in Hollywood. Much more than just a pretty face. Her skills led to her conquering the world of television, and appearing in many big projects, ranging from romantic comedies to thrilling, action-packed adventures, and even a few dark, gritty, independent dramas. All with varying success at the box office, though. It just felt like Jessica Biel was just one big movie away from reaching her true potential. But did that opportunity ever come? Was she destined for more? And is Justin Timberlake at all to blame? Or is she totally crushing it and I just don't realize? Find out on today's WTF episode as we ask what the f*** happened to Jessica Biel. Or was I supposed to make a WTF video on Jennifer Beals? Before we begin, I just want to say thanks for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe, and click that bell to get those notifications if you like this kind of stuff. Now, back to the show. But to truly understand what the f happened to Jessica Biel, we must begin at the beginning of the beginning began when she was born on her birthday, 1982, Minnesota, but she was raised in Colorado. Biel's big break came when she landed the role of Mary Camden, the oldest daughter, on the long-running show Seventh Heaven. The show was nominated for many awards over the years, including the Teen Choice and Young Artist nominations for Beale. And she admits that her squeaky clean image from the show caused her to rebel a little bit off screen, including posing for some risque photographs in an adult-oriented gear magazine at the age of 18 resulting in Jessica Biel to feel a little bit like a Seventh Heaven outcast amongst the cast and crew. The studio saw this young lady as a troublemaker, and this ultimately led to her character more or less being written off of the show, although she would pop up from time to time on guest spots. Of course, if producers focused more on what another cast member was doing, maybe they would have realized that Jessica Biel's slight rebellion was the least of their problems. And Stephen Collins. <laughs> Jessica Biel's first big movie role came in 1997 when she nabbed a part right alongside Peter Fonda in the film Yuli's Gold. It received solid reviews, and even earned Jessica Biel a Young Artist Award for Best Supporting Young Actress in a Feature Film. Knowing that you need to strike while the iron is hot, during breaks from filming Seventh Heaven, Jessica Biel would take on several theatrical projects, which turned out to be box office bombs. Like, I'll Be Home for Christmas in 1998, opposite Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and Summer Catch in 2001. 
opposite Freddie Prince Jr. And critics called this one cliched and predictable. Jessica Biel would use the years 2002 and 2003 to show the world that she was far more than just a girl from 7th Heaven. When she would pull a full 180 and star in a pair of hard R-rated films. And like many squeaky clean child stars do, she wanted to throw that image away with a vengeance. Jessica went a little harder than most, and that's saying something, especially in the film Rules of Attraction. It's like Pulp Fiction on a college campus, but with more drugs and sex. And most of that sex and drugs is done by Miss Beale herself. And she's very believable. Too believable. The Rules of Attraction pulled in nearly 12 million off a $4 million budget, and earned so-so reviews, and it's actually gone on to become a cult classic. Are you in the cult? Then came that Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. It grossed nearly 110 million worldwide off a $9 million budget, although the critics hated it, calling it an unnecessary remake. Of course. After appearing in the 2004 film Cellular, opposite Chris Evans about a guy who has a cellular phone, who's was 2004, she would actually go on to have a relationship with this young man for several years. Jessica Biel would appear in a few films that should have made her the biggest star in the world, if they didn't suck. Films like Blade Trinity and Stealth. It seemed like a wonderful idea to star opposite Wesley Snipes and Ryan Reynolds in Blade Trinity, but as we all know, that film ruined everything cool about Blade. And unfortunately, Jessica and her career were collateral damage. This was followed by one of the biggest box office bombs of all time, Stealth. Critics called it loud and preposterous. It is a dumbed-down Top Gun, and that's dumb. She would then work with her then-boyfriend Chris Evans again for the film London in 2005, and she would follow that up with a supporting role in a rare misfire from Cameron Crowe, Elizabethtown. Critics called it underdeveloped and lackluster. The luster was lacking. This also should have launched Jessica Biel into cinematic superstardom, but, you know, it wasn't that good, so it didn't. Then Jessica Biel would appear in The Illusionist, opposite Edward Norton and Paul Giamatti. This made over $87 million at the box office, and many critics called it engrossing and hypnotic. This is actually one of the better Beale performances, truly proving that she has what it takes to hold her own amongst masters like Norton and Giamatti. There's an amazing actress in there, and this film finally let her out. I really wish Jessica Beale made more films like this. Then next, she would appear opposite Samuel L. Jackson and Fitty Cent in the box office bomb Home of the Brave. Critics called it an honorable dud. Next would be Next in 2007, where she would get to stand next to Nicolas Cage. This film was based on a Philip K. Dick short story, so it's got that going for it, but it didn't quite make back its budget. Jessica Biel would bounce back, at least at the box office, 
with a movie that could never be made today called I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry, opposite Adam Sandler and all of his funny friends. I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry would be called tasteless by all those critics, but audiences did not seem to care, they just wanted to laugh at things and give the theater all their money, which they did, and this thing made over 187 million buckaroos at the box office. Jessica Biel would be recognized for her work in this film, with a worse supporting actress nomination at the Razzies. She finally got a big blockbuster hit, and it is ruined by a Razzie. Damn. <laughs> I just got a little nauseous there touching him. That's funny. You want a bite? Beale would next be seen in a romantic comedy called Easy Virtue. Critics said that the film undermined its source material. It made over 18 million at the box office. Jessica's next film would be the controversial, straight-to-DVD, wild ride called Powder Blue, where she played a stripper. Critics called the film over the top and actually singled out Jessica Beale's performance as overacting. But I say at least she's trying. You critics, you just, you just, you just don't get it. What are you looking at? Don't look at me. Get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. She would finish 2009 by providing a voice in the 3D animated film Planet 51. And that thing would go on to make over $100 million at the box office. Because it was a cartoon and it was 2009. In 2010, we would see Jessica Biel appear alongside nearly every other actor in Hollywood in the Gary Marshall-directed film, Valentine's Day, playing a sports publicist who simply can't find love. Critics would call this film a rom-com cliché, but audiences, they don't care about that. And this thing made over $216 million. Next, she would be seen in the underperforming big screen adaptation of the A-Team. And even though this thing did manage to make 177 million at the box office, it did have a massive budget of 110 million, so it was deemed a bomb, and sequel plans were quickly scrapped. She almost had a franchise. In 2011, we would see a Jessica Biel appear in another film that would feature almost everybody in Hollywood, you know, like in Valentine's Day, but this time it's a different holiday. This time it's New Year's Eve. Jessica Biel plays a pregnant woman who is keen on having her baby be the first one born in the new year, okay? Critics again did not care for this ensemble film with the Razzie Awards even nominating the entire cast for worst on-screen ensemble. But again, audiences, they don't care. They still went to go see this, and it made $142 million. <laughs> 2012 would be a very busy year for Jessica Biel, as she would appear in a box office bomb horror movie called The Tall Man, and this was followed by a lame, unnecessary remake of Total Recall, with Jessica Biel getting another Razzie nomination for Worst Supporting Actress. And that's what you get for remaking Total Recall. She would next appear in the biopic 
Hitchcock. Critics actually praised the acting of everyone in this film, including Jessica Biel, but unfortunately said the film itself was inconsistent. But hey, at least it made some money. Her last outing in 2012 would be with Gerard Butler, starring in Playing for Keeps, where Beale is the keeps that Butler is playing for. Critics called the film witless, unfocused, and misogynistic. And it was another box office bomb. And another Razzie nomination for poor Jessica. That's two Razzie nominations in one year. And unfortunately, that had to make some producers think twice about hiring her. She would then do a thriller called The Truth About Emmanuel. Critics said that it lacked any common sense and is almost so bad it's funny. But hey, it screened at Sundance. That means she's indie and artsy-fartsy and cool, right? In recent years, Jessica Biel's theatrical output has slowed down significantly. She tried the dark and gritty thriller thing again in Bleeding Heart in 2015. I think it went straight to DVD. And you could see her in the long-delayed David O. Russell film Nailed, that David O. Russell actually disowned, and the studio renamed it Accidental Love. And this is another film that should have been a huge break for Jessica Biel as a respected actress. But unfortunately, the studio got involved in the editing process and totally f***ed up the film, which totally f***ed up Jessica Biel's career, which is totally f***ed up. But yeah, critics hated it, and it barely made $140,000 at the box office. America! <gasps> the following year, she would appear in The Book of Love, and that would again get horrible reviews with just 8% of critics enjoying it on those tomatoes at Rotten.com. Her next film, A Kind of Murder, would fare slightly better with 33%. And she would finish 2016 with a voice role in the South Korean 3D animated box office bomb, Spark. Jessica Biel's last theatrical film released to date is the 2017 Rob Reiner-directed Shock and Awe. Critics were not fans of this film. They said it wasted an intriguing political premise by beating you over the head with it. And this film failed to even make $200,000 at the box office. Of course, while Jessica Biel was stepping away from theaters, she would be quite successful back on the small screen with The Sinner in 2017, a show that she would produce and star in, going on to receive nominations for the Golden Globes, back when they mattered, and even an Emmy nomination for Best Actress in a Miniseries. See, Jessica Biel is a good actress, see? She just needed the right show, which she had to produce herself. Jessica Biel has also popped up in Family Guy and BoJack Horseman, where she plays herself. And it's freaking hilarious. She got all artsy-fartsy in an experimental film called Eve Before. And in 2019, she would appear in the Facebook Watch series Limetown. It was canceled after one season, though. Over the past few years, Jessica Biel has remained relatively out of the limelight, although in 2019 there was some tabloid trouble with her husband, Justin Timberlake. He was photographed holding hands with another woman, 
And in true Hollywood fashion, after Timberlake released an apology publicly, a lot of the internet actually turned Jessica Biel into the villain of the situation, saying that she must have forced him into it. So sometimes you just can't win in a situation like this, which is probably why I shouldn't be talking about it. So let's just pretend I, I didn't talk about it, but you know, sometimes these tabloids affect careers. So uh, yeah, it's, it's worth mentioning, maybe. Also, maybe her political beliefs affected her career, maybe, maybe not. In 2019, she uh, decided to have an opinion for herself and spoke out against vaccine mandates in California. This was in 2019, before it was cool or uncool, depending on whoever you are. So yeah, do you think joining in on this campaign hurt her career at all? I don't know, I don't know, maybe, 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 hmm. Jessica Biel has also spoken out about the roles that she didn't get. Namely, Catwoman in The Dark Knight Rises and the dying singing prostitute in Les Miserables, both of which went to Anne Hathaway. That darn Anne Hathaway. Jessica Biel commented that there are lots of projects that directors refuse to see her for because they only want to cast what they call top-tier girls. And it's hard to reach the top when it's already so crowded up there. It was really hard for a lot of people to respect her. Many people, including Jessica Biel herself, have claimed that she's just too gosh darn sexy to be taken seriously. Which, you know, that's a problem that we all struggle with. <coughs> Jessica Biel's talent has been on display since she first launched onto the small screen in 1996. And in the eyes of many, she is one of the most beautiful actresses to ever come around. Sometimes you realize that in life, there are more important things than work and movies. Which has led Beale to taking a step back from the limelight to raise her children with her husband, Justin Timberlake. But in Hollywood, all it takes is one role to turn it all around. And Jessica Beale is an actress and producer who will find that role sooner or later. It seems that the roles that she sometimes lands aren't the ones that showcase her talents as well as they should. Losing out on roles to flashier names has made her reevaluate her work, and she decided to step behind the camera to produce her own stuff that she can be proud of. And I think that is the direction that she will continue to take. If the big roles don't come your way, and Anne Hathaway is still working, you have to carve your own path and show the world what you can do. And that's exactly what Jessica Biel has done. And she's thriving, making her very own seventh heaven. I'm sorry, I had to. Stop! You can't do it. Stop! You can't do this. So nobody should give a fuck about what the fuck happened to Jessica Biel. Because she's doing just fine.